live, laugh. How's it going, everybody? My name is Daniel. And I'm Christian. And we are joined by the Psycho Boy Fodder. How are you doing tonight? How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're doing great. Doing, we're doing great. good. I am so glad you're here. Like, this is really exciting for us. Just from a, a cool... um, It's always fun when you've seen a guy locally and then you see him on pay-per-view and then it's like and then you get to talk to the guy and 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 that's great in nwa you've been killing it thank you man yeah i mean i love the nwa man i mean they give me a uh they give me a lot of opportunity and you know things are progressing there pretty quick so i mean i'm i'm very uh i'm very thankful to be in the position that i'm in right now for sure Awesome. So through this, we'll kind of get through your whole story, and and but but before we jump into that, I'm just curious. Speaking of NWA, how did that opportunity just come to come to exist? Because it seemed like you you have blown up. It I won't say out of nowhere because I don't want to be dismissive to to your rise, but it's like all of a sudden you were on NWA. It was like oh 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 shit. Well, I did a bunch of stuff previous to like NWA. Like I did. Um man, like it, it kind of all started with EC3 and doing the uh, control your narrative series. So like that whole series, like the first like major thing that I did was um, when EC3 got released from WWE um, around the time, like when his 90 days was ending, they shot like this, uh, this like fight scene, like in a garage and it had like all these like cars and it's kind of like a, it was kind of like one of like the first like cinematic wrestling um, right. things that were shot. And me and EC3 were actually friends before I ever even like got into doing wrestling at all. Yeah. And uh, he just hit me up one day and he was like, Hey man, like this was like on a Wednesday, I think he just hit me up and he was like, Hey man, like I got this thing going on down here. Um, you know, he was like, they want me to, to fight a guy. He was like, and I think, I think you're like the perfect fit for, for this, you know, he's like, cause nobody knows who you are. He's like, you know, you're, you're built, you got a good look, man. Um, he's like, I don't know what will come of it, but he was like, if not, it'll just be a cool piece of art. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, when do you need me? And he goes Saturday morning, if you could be here. So I just hopped a plane, man, and went down there and, um, we actually ended up shooting it and impact used it, um, oh, on wow. their programming. Um, and there were a lot of guys there. Like that's where I first met, um, Adam uh, or Braun Strowman. Um, mm-hmm. That's where I first met like uh, uh, Spud, Moose. I mean, there were, you know, ton, tons of guys there during that time. And, um, you know, that kind of progressed to EC3 started working for, for Ring of Honor. And then we started doing like these um, kind of like movie slash wrestling experiences where, you uh, you know, it's a whole story tied into it, but it's, it's, it's basically like a movie with a story, but the wrestling matches are like intertwined mm-hmm. into. Right. And um, we did, we did the first one, which had uh, Matt Cardona and Matt Seidel and Moose. Um, and I worked uh, John Schuyler. In Love that John one. Schuyler. That's and awesome. then uh, we did the second one. Yeah. John Schuyler is a great wrestler. Um, anytime I get to tell anybody that I do. Uh, and then we we got into doing the second one. And the second one had like Adam uh, because he had just got released from WWE. Um, and then we did a third one. Um, 
you know, with like Austin Aries and Flip Gordon, Tyler Bateman. I mean, uh, yeah, Tyler Bateman. I mean, there were there was just a ton of guys um, that participated in these things. And, uh, you know, right after that, uh, when Ring of Honor was doing their last pay-per-view, the final battle, mm -hmm. that's where we had came in and me, um, Adam, Weston Blake and EC3 kind of did like the invasion angle right on the pay-per-view. And then like that actually like that same weekend, AEW had contacted me to come in and do some of like the a AEW uh, elevation and the mm -hmm. AEW dark and all that. So it was kind of just moving really quick. Like yeah. that whole month was really crazy because we did like the ring of honor deal, like the second week of December. And then like I wrestled Ricky Morton, like the week after mm -hmm. that. And then the week after that, I was doing AEW. So, like, I met Ricky Morton, and me and Ricky just kind of headed off. Like, Ricky's like a bud. I mean, he's like a dad. I mean, he helps me out with so many things. And he just kind of told me, like, I think you got a lot of talent, and I think you're going places. And, you know, he really lobbied for me to be at NWA. And then when EC3 ended up over at NWA, I think it was just like a natural fit. I mean, there were a lot of guys that were pushing for me to be there, like Ricky, Carrie, EC3. Um, and I knew just so many guys that that worked there that were vouching for me outside of them. Uh -huh. um, and it just it just sort of like I was I was told to come to the taping. And when I came to the taping, I didn't work, work the first day. Um, I did like a little promo thing with EC3. And then the second day they gave me a match. Mm -hmm. um, which was like a dark match that they ended up using for NWA USA. And then the following day after that, they had already moved me up to the main show. Um, nice. I worked Odin in that one. So it's just kind of a, a quick turn of events for sure. So um, how much wrestling experience prior to the control of your narrative um, starting did, did you have, or, or was it you're just doing this now and you've just, it's just kind of snowballed from there? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I've always been like a huge fan of wrestling, um, like since I was a child. Uh, I like, I actually went to wrestling school when I was sixteen, mm -hmm. but the guy who got me into wrestling school told him that I was eighteen, and then when they found out I wasn't eighteen, they told me I couldn't come back. So between like the ages of like sixteen, and I started wrestling when I was, I started wrestling training when I was like thirty three. I'm thirty six now. Okay. Um. So, I mean, my I I did my first wrestling training session like right before i did the olympia show and so prior to wrestling like all i did was like competitive bodybuilding mm -hmm. and so i think i did i think the olympia show was like in early september and like the first wrestling training session i went to was like late august 2019 uh -huh. so i trained for about six months I, I did the impact thing with ec3 before i ever even had a match in front of a wow. crowd wow um and then i think i had my first match in august 2020 in front of a crowd um so you know i, I mean i really haven't been wrestling very long um in terms of like doing matches in front of mm -hmm. crowds so i mean I, I mean i've been wrestling now for about two years and five months or something like that yeah that is such a quick rise to like being on pay-per-view and like like that's that's actually really really incredible um i didn't realize it was that quick <laughs> well i think too right like you just gotta have like there's gotta be like something there mm. um you know when when you look at like i mean at least when i watched wrestling growing up 
like the guys just looked unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you saw them, I mean, they were just like, like superheroes, right? It's a tad bit different today, but I, I still think you have to have something that says like, this guy's different from everybody else. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was always told like when I first started training, you know, guys were just telling me like, look, man, like you got the body, you got the look, you just need to learn how to wrestle and mm. get good at wrestling in the ring. Um, yeah. So that's what I primarily focused on. And then after I got, you know, good enough where I could, you know, hold my own in the ring, um, then like the next step was just like figuring out like character and like, how can I implement like character spots like into the matches and and these type of things. So, you know, wrestling is like, it's an evolving process. The more you do it. Awesome. um, So going back to when you were, so you're 16, what is that decision to, to say like, you you now want to train to be a wrestler at at 16 like that like there's stories like that all the time of guys doing it so young but i'm always amazed by guys who do it so young like because right. it was i i, I like i had a, a tryout at like 22 and it it kicked my butt i uh, like it was it was hard enough so i can't imagine at 16 growing and developing and doing and attempting that so can you talk us through the process of now i want to be i think i want to be a wrestler so i man i mean since i was a child all i cared about um just was wrestling man Mm -hmm. i mean like i didn't care about school like all i cared about was just watching wrestling and i mean i had action figures and i mean i used to book my own shows with the action figures and i mean i'm sure like you guys remember like wwf Warzone and yeah. wcw versus nwo yeah. for in- nintendo 64 i mean i mean like when i was coming up like like the attitude era like the wcw nwo wars like that was what was hot and then you know before that was what I call like the home video era of wrestling. Mm -hmm. So like I got all my wrestling from either watching it on Saturdays or like if my father took me to the video store, I mean, I would rent VHS tapes from like video hut or like blockbuster Mm -hmm. video. Um, And that was when you could rent like the WrestleMania six videotape. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And I, and I also wrestled in high school, but uh, I amateur wrestled in high school, but the the crazy thing is um, when I was in middle school, my art teacher was a professional wrestler. So when I met him, he was doing indie shots at that time. Yeah. And like my dad used to take me to go watch the indie shows. So like they used to have in Raleigh, they used to have a place called King's Bar okay. and they used to run. Yeah, they used to run SCW wrestling there. So, like, um, the guy who was my art teacher was a guy named Dustin Massey, and his gimmick was Laz. If you look him up, um, if you just Google, like, Laz um, TNA, he used to do, like, a a gimmick where he had, like, face paint, and he had his hair and, like, pigtails. And he was wearing, like, a skirt, and he came out to, like, the Britney Spears um, Mm -hmm. music. And he, he ended up doing a ton of shots with TNA, Wow. Um, around like, I think like 2006, 2007. I mean, he worked like guys like CM Punk and all those guys. Um, when they were coming up like in that era. Um, so we're like all the indie shows and like, man, dude, guys that were working on like the SCW shows at Kings Bar in Raleigh was like 
Lodi, C.W. Anderson uh, during that time. So just me being like a huge fan. I mean, like he ended up kind of facilitating me to be able to get into a wrestling school Yeah. Um, when I was 16. But once they found out I was 16, just because of like legal reasons and all that yeah. kind of stuff, they told me I couldn't come back and we got off doing other things. And then somehow I kind of circled back. So, I mean, I think it was for the best uh, that it didn't work out then um, because it just gave me the opportunity to like, get the life experience and the 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 business smarts from like you know owning my own businesses and doing things like that um and to be able to apply that to wrestling once i did get involved with it as a kid what attracted you most about wrestling oh man i mean i think it's everything i think it's just like it's the pageantry it's it's the larger than life guys um I mean, even the commentary, man, like, it, you know, obviously like wrestling is a show, um, but it takes, it takes a lot of pieces to put the show together. Right. So like, you got to have the referee, like you got to have the characters, you got to have the audience for the reactions. You got to have the music for the entrances, um, you know, the promos, the interviewer. I mean, there were so many things um, that just make wrestling like a larger than life show. Um, so, I mean, it, it's hard to pin down just one thing. Mm. It's just like, like I just knew when I watched it, I just loved watching it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. What was the guy when you were, I I guess just getting into it that just had your, that had your attention, like, like your first favorite wrestler. And has that opinion kind of changed over time now that you're in the business oh. and understand work rate and understand all that. Yeah. I mean, ultimate warrior was probably my favorite childhood wrestler for sure. Um, man dude like ultimate warrior nasty boys um greg the hammer valentine i mean these are like all you know guys that i watched um you know hogan of course i mean everybody loved hogan um man i mean just man just yeah bret hart um but like that's like like i think like that like evolves right Mm -hmm. so like when you know, if you're talking about like the character era of wrestling, which is like the guys kind of that I just named, right? Like Brutus Beefcake and like all these guys, they were like mega characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as wrestling started transitioning, um, when they kind of got away from like the super over the top characters, and then you got into like having like the Bret Hart's, the Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. um, all of those guys. I mean, Shawn Michaels at that time was probably my favorite wrestler, but as I've got older, um, you know, Bret Hart is probably my favorite wrestler. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think Bret Hart's the best wrestler that's ever lived. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And I think as fans, when we first get in, like you said, you were just attracted to everything. That's how I was. Like I saw this, and I was like, "This is my favorite thing ever." But as you get older and as you grow as a fan, uh, you kind of grow more of an appreciation for what they're doing in the ring. And I think Bret Hart, like telling a story in the ring, I don't know if there's anybody that's been able to do it better than him since or or there's anybody right now that can do it but yeah and it's that thing like as a as a kid like I like my favorite my first favorite wrestler was Shawn Michaels and the older I get the the you switch from being a Shawn guy to a Brett guy like almost organically yeah. it seems like a lot of people eventually kind of get there it's just like yes yeah, Shawn was, was great probably one of the best baby faces of all time but Brett Brett's the worker Brett Brett can make you care about anybody he's working 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Man, I remember, uh, man, when I was a kid, man, my dad used to take me to the bookstore. And, uh, you know, they had like all like the different like wrestling magazines, man. And I remember one time there was like a WWF magazine and it had Shawn Michaels on the cover. And I think he was wearing that outfit from the 95 SummerSlam when he worked Razor Ramon in the ladder match. It was like a blue. Yeah. Uh, he had on like the blue tight. And like the blue uh like vests like with the blue metal things on it or whatever and that magazine thing came with um like some earrings and like something else and like my my old man like wouldn't get it for me and i remember i just threw a fit over that man because i wanted like the <laughs> earrings and like i don't remember what all came in i think it was like earrings and like some sunglasses or something like that but just like i was just like a mega fan for sure for sure are there like as you're now a wrestler, are there any guys that you go back and kind of study like to reflect oh, yeah. your style or do you have like a, like a go-to like couple of matches that you kind of really study? No, dude, like I'll watch everything, man. Like, um, so like every morning, like I get up and I do like 40 minutes of cardio for the most part. Um, and like during like when I do cardio, like I just watch wrestling matches and like I watch wrestling matches, like, I don't really watch wrestling matches now, like for entertainment. I just watch them to just study like what the guys are doing. Um, because you can, you can learn a lot just from watching. I mean, like even before I got into like doing wrestling, like I got, you know, 30 years of experience, like just watching it and like yeah. being obsessed with it. Right. So like sometimes like now when I'm like helping out, like at the training school or something like that, and you see guys that like, uh, don't pick it up as quick um with the wrestling i mean and don't get me wrong like there's some people that come to like wrestling school and stuff like that they're never gonna get it um mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how hard they try like they just they just don't get it and there's some people that like just pick it up like super quick um but like sometimes i would like watch guys and be like oh like man like you know you don't know how to like sell like if you got hit or mm -hmm. like whatever and i think just like I picked everything up so quick because like all I did was watch wrestling for 30 years. Yeah. Right. So like if it hits you, you know, I just mimic like what I've watched on TV for 30 years. It's mm. like the guy snaps his head like this or like does whatever. Um, and, and I think watching wrestling definitely is very beneficial. I mean, I try to watch like, like four matches a day at least. Yeah. Because they're like the things that you can learn is like, you know, I'm watching a match and I'm looking at a guy and I'm going like, okay, like they're starting like this and they're, they're working like this for about 40 seconds. And then like they get into a run spot or they do this or they do that. And there's so many good guys, like, you know, some of like that old, like ECW, like Guerrero and Malenko, oh, like where yeah. they were wrestling like 40 minute matches. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you start to learn how, like, um, like I, like I remember me and EC3 were sitting and we were watching, I think it was Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. And uh, I don't think either one of us had watched that match in a very long time. And like right off the bat, like the first like couple things they did, I remember EC3 going like, yeah, they're probably going 40 minutes here. Mm. And it's just like, you start to pick up on like, these guys are going to go 40 minutes. Like they're not going to do a hundred spots in the first two minutes. Mm -hmm. um, like they're going to try to, milk it and tell the story and kind of drag things out the, the best way possible, um, you know, to elongate those 40 minutes and then yeah. get into the meat and potatoes, you know, when you got 15 minutes left of the match, yeah. if that makes sense. 
Yeah. Yeah. Are there are there certain guys that you uh, modeled your style after? Well, definitely like Bret Hart. So I know that I know that's a little I know that's a little um, a little different. I would say like obviously like character wise. Um, yeah. But like if you watch if you watch the things that I do in the ring, like the way I throw punches and um you know like head punches or gut punches um just just different mannerisms that i do in the ring you'll see a lot of like bret hart stuff you know um and then i mean i think i think everything else is just making sure that i'm just ultra physical when i'm in the ring mm -hmm. like not doing not like I, I don't do a whole lot of spotty stuff and that's no knock on anybody that does because dude there's like stuff that i watch like uh like man dude like i watch like like will osprey sometimes and like oh, yeah. man they do stuff and i'm just man like holy cow like that stuff is just unbelievable mm -hmm. but like for me i just think with just like my style is more just like a smash mouth hard hitting style yeah because uh, i'm always working as a heel so my style is just more like it's more slow and methodical and then i have like bursts where i do a lot of quick stuff like like there's like combos that I do where like I'll be working at one pace and then like I get the guy and I'm ready and I'm like, boom, 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 you know, with like a combo or something like yeah. that. Um, you know, that's more my style. Okay. Well, like, and that is like your style is very aggressive and very meticulous. And, and that's something that is very distinctive to you. So that is probably a testament to your in-ring work. But from a character standpoint, can you talk me through for anyone who might not know exactly what the idea behind the character is, or they're not super fam familiar with it. Can, can you pitch me psycho boy fodder? I mean, psycho boy fodder is just that. I mean, like the psycho boy is just somebody who lives for pain, taking it, giving it and receiving it. Um, so it's more or less like, you know, the battle is the battle is not really with other opponents the battle is like always within yourself mm -hmm. um and that's kind of how like the psycho boy came about you know so like if you if you look at like you know like somebody like tom latimer making me tap out with the kendo stick in my mouth you know that's you know some people may say latimer won or i might tell you that i got exactly what i wanted from latimer mm. Um, which was to push him over the edge and make him do things that he was not comfortable with doing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of the whole mentality of the psycho boy. Okay. And, and, and you mentioned the Vladimir match with the NWA pay-per-view match. Do, do, do you want to mm -hmm. talk through that a, a little bit? It's a really good match and we'll, of, of course, have clips clips for it and all that. But if you could just kind of talk talk through that, just how you put how you put together a kendo stick match or like how that... Because it like it was really good, like it it, it defies descriptions in a lot of ways. Because it was just very physical and very um, out of left field in in a lot of ways, but like a, a welcome inclusion on that show. Well, I think everything is a everything is a build in the match. Um, so when you're when you're doing something where you're using like chairs or trash cans or kendo sticks, I mean, look. Those Singapore canes, man, they hurt. Um, when you get hit with those things, I mean, they 100% hurt. And it's like, 
you can do a match where you go out there and you start whacking each other with those things two minutes into the match, or you can build um, to make the wax with the, with the Singapore canes mean mm-hmm. something. Um, you know, nobody's, if you start whacking a guy two minutes into the match with the cane the, and you're going 10 minutes, by the time you get to 10 minutes, I mean, the wax don't matter anymore. Like nobody yeah. cares. Um, and there was a lot of matches that I watched um, with, that involve like kendo sticks and things like that. I mean, they're actually pretty hard to find on the internet, but if you uh, search around hard enough, you can find some. Um, But some of the ones that I found, I watched in like within like, you know, two minutes, they were like whacking each other with the kendo sticks. And like the crowd would be a little flat, like when the finish happened, because they're just, they've just seen the guys get whacked with the kendo sticks for 10 minutes. So I think going into that match, you know, the object was, you know, how can we make the match mean something, but then make the wax with the sticks mean something when they happen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we, I think we got there very good, Uh, you know, with the help of um, wrestling mind, Dr. Tom, he's a, he's a great asset to have on the NWA team. I mean, he knows so much and, you know, he's got uh, so much knowledge and, so much uh like teaching ability to to help teach you and help you um lay things out like where they make sense and like include everybody's ideas in and uh i I mean i thought we did a a good job and i thought it was a a cool way to like kick off the pay-per-view you know because it you know at least it felt to me like they put a lot of trust in me um in that spot you know because that's first match on the pay-per-view you know it's it's kind of like your job to go out there and like set the tone for the way Mm -hmm. the rest of the show is going to go and, uh, you know, they kind of put me in a big spot right there. And, you know, I was thankful for it. And, you know, everybody said that I delivered and everybody was very happy with it. That's awesome. That's awesome, That's awesome man. You mentioned, you mentioned Dr. Tom and you mentioned Ricky Morton earlier. Is there ever a moment, like, being a lifelong wrestling fan that you just kind of catch yourself saying, like, oh, like, yeah, Ricky Morton is a friend. Or, like, oh, Dr. Tom, I talked to him today. And, like, all these guys that you get to work with. Is there ever a moment you, like, kind of take a step back and you're just like, man, if I could go back in time and tell myself this oh yeah all the time dude i mean like when i got done with the uh the pay-per-view match i went in the back and uh if you guys want i'll I'll send you this picture i mean i didn't even put it online dude i take so many pics um (laughs) that like there's like a lot of stuff like i just don't even share online because they're just like i don't know they're just like personal pics like for Mm -hmm. me but like i'll send you guys these pics but like uh nasty boy knobs was in the back at the pay-per-view and I came to the back and he was like, man, he's like, they said this was your first pay-per-view match. And I was like, yeah, man. He was like, dude, he's like, you fucking killed it. Him and uh, Bobby Fulton. Wow. Um, both, that's awesome. Yeah. came to me and said like, man, dude, like you, you killed it, man. You did a great job. You know? So just like those guys, like, you know, Ricky Morton, man. I mean, Ricky sent me a text um, after we got done with the, uh, with the, the loop. Cause we did, um, we did Tampa for the pay-per-view. And then we did two TV tapings after that. So we did pay-per-view Saturday, and then we did a taping on Sunday and a taping on Monday. And uh, Ricky sent me a text afterwards. He was like, you know, you know, you delivered on the pay-per-view. He's like, you did a great job and all that. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, man, it's it's insane. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. What is it like? I know you said you delivered, but that's got to make you feel good to, like, go out there. Like, on NWA, your first pay-per-view match, and you're getting these guys texting you 
I guess that's more of a testament to your work and your work ethic, but that just seems like it would be a really cool thing to hear. Uh, I'm sure it's common. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very, I mean, dude, very much so, man. I mean, like, you know, these are all guys that, like, I grew up, like, watching on television, you know? So yeah. it's so crazy. I mean, we did a show um, in, in West Virginia last week uh, um, on Saturday, and uh, they had a huge house. It was at All-Star Wrestling West Virginia, um, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan was there. And, like, mm-hmm. before I went out for my match, um, I mean, me and Hacksaw Jim Duggan sat there for probably 30 minutes just – talking about wrestling and talking about characters and like we were watching like some of the matches that were going on uh before me and before her and you know it's just crazy like sometimes when you sit back you're like man like i'm just like hanging out with like hacksaw jim duggan like i used to watch hacksaw when i was a kid i had his action figure Um, (laughs) you know that was kind of like one of those experiences like when i wrestled gangrel um actually wrestled gangrel in dorton arena in raleigh yeah yeah and um, you know it's like that's another guy like i had his action figures i mean you know i used to look at pictures of him in wwf magazine i used to watch him on tv on monday nights you know like the next thing you know he's like texting you like yo you did a good job and (laughs) you know it was a night off for me and so it's just it's just crazy man how was um because you had your uh, i think it was technically zach gowan's last match at that fwe show in in raleigh how how was that like was was that because he would have been a guy you would have watched on TV a little bit? Like, was was that cool to, like, put that together? I think it was his last match. So, like, how how's that get so put you know together and all that? Like, I'll tell you what's weird, right? Is, like, um, like, that era with, like, Gowan and, like, Matt Seidel and, mm-hmm. like, all those guys – um, like when that era was kind of booming, like I kind of wasn't watching wrestling then. Okay. Um, and like a, a wild story is when we did that first, uh, free the narrative pay-per-view deal, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Seidel was working moose there and I had, I had no idea who Matt Seidel even was. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy. It's yeah, it's crazy because like I ended up training with Seidel like a bunch, um, after, after this period, but like when I was at the, uh, when we were at the tapings and like we were doing it and everything, I, uh, I, asked, somebody there told me they were like, yeah, yeah, man, like he gets around a lot. So me and him were just, we were just talking about supplements. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, man, like I heard you like get around a lot, like with the wrestling and shit. And he was like, yeah, yeah like a little bit, you know? And I had like no clue who I was even talking to. Yeah. And then uh, me and him just kind of like, exchanged numbers. And, um, you know, he invited me down to like, train like at uh at his spot like when him and his brother had the the school down there in clearwater and i went down there a bunch and trained with him and like fabu and tony donati and all them um so like like i like when i met side out like i didn't even know who he was um you know just because like that era of wrestling like i wasn't like i wasn't like super tuned into it mm-hmm. uh, and he's like one of my favorite people like ever you know, now, I mean, like all, like I watched so much of his stuff and so many of his matches and I learned so much from him in person. I mean, and he's a, like an absolutely awesome dude, man. That's awesome. Um, now as far, as far as like Zach Gowan goes, that was a, that was a, that was a crazy match, man, because the booker of that show was trying to figure out who I was going to wrestle. And I remember he sent me a, a text one day and he said, Hey dude, I found the guy you're going to wrestle. And 
it was Zach Gowan. And I was like, yo, I was like, you want me to wrestle a dude with one leg? I was like, I don't even know how that's even going to work. Yeah. And he's like, no, nah, man. He's like, this dude is like, he's like, this dude's like X WWE, like wrestled Vince McMahon and all that. And like, like I say, like during that time, like I wasn't really mm-hmm. tuned in to the wrestling. Um, and I went and just did all my homework on Gowan and everything. And like, when we met, it was, it was cool because I learned a lot from him about putting together matches um, with guys that have like specific skill sets. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, I can't do something like with him where I can do like arm drag, you know, you know, uh, you know, give me two arm drags and then do a leapfrog and I'll hit the ropes and you give me a hip toss or like yeah. whatever. Right. Cause he's got, he can only do things a specific way. So like a lot of things have to um, kind of be done not not necessarily like around his style because he's very very athletic um but there's a certain way that that he knows how to tell a story that is conducive to what he can do mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of it is like i had some ideas and he had some ideas and then i just kind of deferred to him because he knows what he can do um and he knows what would work best to make the match very good yeah so awesome. you know I learned a ton from him, man. And he's, he's a good brother too, man. Like very, very cool dude, super relaxed. We had a great match. I mean, he's just a, just a good brother all around. That's awesome. So I have two, two questions and sure. it's partly because like, I'm just curious how this works. What's your average workout in a day? And what's that go-to cheat meal? Cause I know there has to be one. <laughs> okay. So I work out five days a week. Um, so I do legs, I'll do chest, I do uh, back, I'll do arms and I'll do shoulders. Um, I do cardio six days a week, um, usually for 40 minutes. And then like my workouts are typically like, like an hour and 30 minutes, maybe okay. like a day. Um, so if, like I get up in the morning, like before I eat my first meal, like I'll do 40 minutes of cardio. And then later in the day, like after I eat four times, I will go to the gym, um, and I'll, I'll get my workout in. And then, you know, everything else is really just diet, man. Like a, a lot of guys look at me and, you know, they're like, oh, like I want to, you know, look a certain way or or whatever the case is. And, you know, like like the look I have is more like like a competitor's look, like for physique competition. Right. Right. Um, but like that look is developed over time. So like, you know when a guy asked me like, you know, what would it take to look like you? I'd say, man, you probably need to diet and train for like the next decade, you know, because I've been competing um, since I was 26. So, I mean, like the body that you see now was kind of built over the course of a decade. I mean, like, you know, if you're a guy who's all natural and by all natural, I mean, not taking steroids, um, you know, those guys are putting on typically one to two pounds of muscle tissue per year, you know, so not body weight, but like actual muscle tissue on the body. Yeah. Um, guys that are doing lots of steroids are putting on maybe five or six pounds a year. Um, so even with steroids and even with hitting the gym hard and, and everything else, man, it still takes a ton of work. I mean, when you see those guys at the, at the Mr. Olympia, man, like not like the guys that do what I do, like I was doing men's physique. Um, and, and men and the men's physique guys are big now too. But like when you look at like the guys who do open men's bodybuilding, like the Jay Cutlers or the Ronnie Coleman's, um, mm. you know, most of those guys that are competing at the show are in their early forties. So you know the way they look right now, 
you know, that's the product of, you know, dieting, training and doing drugs for 20 years, yeah. Yeah. nonstop, you know, I mean, and so like a lot of guys think that like, oh, like I'll just like do steroids and I'll look like that in six months. And it's just like, it's, it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, has the bodybuilding at any point affected the wrestling style, whether it be mobility or does that change how you train at all when the wrestling got mixed in? No, like I still train the same way. Um, like, you know, I train like a bodybuilder in the gym, um, you know, because I, I primarily like strength is a strength is a, a byproduct of going to the gym. Um, but but I primarily train for the look. But, you know, just over time, you're going to become naturally strong if you're in the right. gym every day. Right. Yeah. Um, but like I'm not actively competing anymore. Uh, th- there's a chance that I may revisit that at some point. But, you know, like right now, man, like I stay like pretty lean year round. And uh, I'm just, dude, I'm just having so much fun, like doing the wrestling that I haven't even like when you do a show, man. And I tell everybody this. When you do a bodybuilding show, you have to dedicate every ounce of your being to doing a show, man. Um, you know, typically I would diet for 20 weeks um, to in preparation for a show. And it's like you diet for 20 weeks for 30 seconds on stage. Yeah. Um, so, you know, bodybuilding is one of those things that I tell everybody, like everybody should do one show um, in their lifetime because like nothing will teach you discipline like um like preparing for a show um and and learning like how to diet and like what foods work good with your body and like doing the cardio like when you don't want to um and 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 doing the training sessions like when you're super tired and you're super hungry it just brings a whole nother level of def of uh of discipline out of you um and that discipline that you learn from doing that man i mean that can be applied in all areas of your life man from like work to like for me like wrestling or just just anything man because it just it it teaches you to have control um and not control in a bad way but just being able to control yourself yeah that's awesome that's awesome but going back because I, again i'm curious you gotta have a cheat meal what is, what is that what is that fodder cheat meal so I did have a, so I always get a cheat meal on the days when I train legs. Um, so that's like my, what I would call like my high food day. Mm-hmm. So usually it's the same thing every time. Like I'll get like the double burger with the fries and then I do like the halo top ice cream. So it's kind of like a healthier version of the mm-hmm. ice cream. Mm-hmm. And I'll take like those, uh, you know, those Lenny and Larry's protein cookies. Yeah. Yeah the Lenny's and Larry's protein cookies and I'll like break them up and put them in the halo <laughs> ice cream. There you go. And I'll have something like that. And like, um, but that's, that's usually what I do. That's awesome. Um, who are some guys, whether in the North Carolina scene or, or beyond that, that you think more people should probably know about? Oh man, from North Carolina, like right it doesn't, now. It doesn't oh, yeah. have to be Anybody, from North Carolina. Yeah. It can be. It can be anyone. But yeah, just guys who are working hard that that you think should have a should have well, a platform. So like from North Carolina, like like Lucky Ali is my favorite wrestler from North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I tell him that. I tell him that all the time. I think he's absolutely fantastic, man. He's one of the best guys doing it, and he should be working at any company, man, because he's very, very, very good. Um. 
you know, other guys that I can think of, I'm trying to think of like some other guys that are around that I think are like, like really good. Um, you know, Vinny Pacifico's pretty good. I like him. Um, gosh, man, I'm just trying to think of like guys like on the Indies. Um, you know, Caleb Connolly's great. I mean, I know he worked at Impact and 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 you know he's done stuff with NWA and AEW and all that. Um, but but he's very good. Me and him worked a few matches uh, in High Point together, and, and those were always really good when we got the chance to work together. Um, John Skyler, of course. I mean, he signed to Impact now. Um, man, I mean, dude, there's just man, there's a lot of guys um, that are around that are good. Ah, you kind of put me on the spot, so I'm just. Oh, to, it's I'm okay. To... It's it's always a loaded question. <laughs> um, yeah. So 2020, I could, I could tell you some good promotions too, like in North Carolina, like AML yeah. and like Extreme World Wrestling. Yeah. You know, DPW is real big. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of like great promotions um, in North Carolina. You got like Ring Wars. Um, man, there's there's so many like promotions like popping up. RWA um, in High Point is very good. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good stuff going on in North Carolina for professional wrestling. That's awesome. Um, 2023, 2024, what are goals? What are those obtainable, I, I don't want to say dream matches, but matches you definitely want to have in the 2023, 2024? Well, I mean, I've always wanted to wrestle Matt Hardy, and that is on Brian Hawks at AML to make that happen. <laughs> so... That's awesome. I've asked him a million times to book me against Matt Hardy. Um, I would love to wrestle Jeff Jarrett. I think Jeff Jarrett's great. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, and like, really, man, like anybody at like NWA, man, like I want to work with like Murdoch. I want to work with um, Masters. I mean, like I already got to work with Vladimir. Like I'd love to work with Vladimir some more. I mean, I thought me and him had like great chemistry mm -hmm. um, when we worked together. For sure. I mean, there's just, man, there's so many guys that are around that, that I want to work with. And I mean, I've already worked like a ton of names too. Right. And, you know, like guys like from like Moose to Ace Austin, Josh Woods. I mean, there's so many guys that I've worked already, um, you know, but there's, there's more really good guys out there um, that, that I want to work. So, um, you know, maybe NWA will like introduce like the mixed tag team titles. You know, mm -hmm. I think that would be something. Cool. Like if uh, me and Angelina here got to be the first NWA mixed tag team champions. I think that'd be really and cool. And as long as Vladimir has got the TV title, I want to take the TV title from him. I think that'd be really cool to see. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much he'd like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are we are big fans, and, and I, I really, again, want to um, just thank you for taking the time to to do this with us. Um, I think we really only scratched the surface here because I think uh, you are such a wealth of knowledge and, and you really, it's a good example of um, being a success story of you don't always hit the stride you want to at a certain point in life, but that door is never really closed. And that is such a, a testament to, I think, a lot of guys who maybe are working really hard that aren't seeing the results quite yet. Yeah, most definitely, man. I mean, that's one of those things like the John Cena thing, like never give up, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I always tell people, right, like, you know, it's never too late to become who you're supposed to be. Um, you know, so just, you know, keep putting in the work and then like, you know, whether it's like wrestling, I mean, you might want to be a wrestler, but like, 
you know, your path might take you to being a referee or a manager or something like that where you're successful in the business. Right. So it's just like, you know, do the things that you have to do to get you, get yourself where you need to go. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Definitely. And uh, before we let you go, uh, just a free time just to plug anything where people can find you on your socials. I know you mentioned something about supplement lines. If you want to talk about any of that stuff, uh, just feel free to have your platform. Yeah, man. Just uh, like for any info on the supplement stuff, I mean, you'll find that on my Instagram, but follow me on Instagram at L-O-K-E-Y-S 910. It's the same for Twitter. Um, it's the same for TikTok. And for free matches, uh, go to my YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash psycho boy fodder. Awesome. We appreciate your time tonight. We hope you have a, a good time and good luck um, upcoming at NWA. We'll be watching out for you. Definitely, man. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm.